Hello everyone, it's Russell Venosi back for another episode of the Main Street Preps podcast. If you wanted to hear about the TSSAA Division I football semifinals, you've come to the right place. We talked to Nolansville coach Paul Derrick, and I made my picks for this Friday's games. Coach Derrick and I discussed his team's upset win at Tullahoma and what they need to do to compete with Class 4A defending champ Elizabethton this Friday. Here we go. We are joined now by Nolansville football coach Paul Derrick. Coach, thanks for taking the time to do this today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So your team pulled off a big win over Tullahoma last week in the quarterfinals, and you had lost to them just a few weeks before on October 23rd. What did it take for for your guys to get that uh, that upset revenge game? Well, I, mean, I just think it you know, t- took number one, it took for us to believe that we could go down there and win the game. And then number two, we prepared the right way all week, and we'd been kind of tending the right way over the last you know four or five weeks, but... You know, we did some really good things in the first ball game against Tullahoma down there. Um, they jumped on us pretty quick. It was 22 to nothing at halftime. Then we came out in, in the second half and played a lot better. So, you know, I told our kids after that game that, you know, when we watch the film, we're going to see that it wasn't all bad. We lost the game, and, you know, that was a bad feeling. But um, at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of good things on that film. So we kind of took that, that approach from that game on, and then, you know, having that um, – to rely on the second time around against Tullahoma, I think I think really helped our kids uh, with the confidence that, and belief that we'd go down there and beat them. And Elizabethton is up next in the semifinals. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, but you guys are riding a four-game winning streak since that Tullahoma loss in the regular season. What has been the key to your turnaround over these last few weeks? Yeah, I think our kids have just stayed the course. You know, um, we had a, a, a good conversation about, you know, the Tullahoma game, like like I just mentioned, and how it wasn't all bad, even though we lost, but there were just things that we needed to do better. The main thing was making making plays at critical times in the game. And, you know, since that game, you know, we, we've been able to do that, and we're, we're, you know, playing good complimentary football on, on offense, defense, and special teams, um, good team football, and, and that's what you want to be doing this time of year. So I'm just extremely proud of our kids, um, the way they've responded, not only after the Telehoma game, but we've, we've had some growing pains this year with, with our group, and we've kind of been a work in progress all year. But our kids have stayed the course. They've trusted the process, and they just came to work every day. And um, they've gotten better, and now I think they're kind of you know reaping the benefits uh, of sticking to the process. So, again, just can't, couldn't be more proud of this group. And, you know, there's nothing I would love more than to, to, to get a victory on Friday night and, and be able to play for a championship with them. And if you guys are able to do that, I'm sure quarterback Ryder Gillardi is going to be a big piece of that puzzle. He's been a three-year starter for you guys. Um, he's thrown for 1,800 yards and 12 touchdowns this season. How has having an experienced leader like him back there benefited your team this season? Yeah, I think it's benefit your team uh, anytime you can bring a quarterback back, but especially this year with everything that we had to go through in the offseason or what little offseason we had, uh, bringing back a, a, a guy like Ryder that has a tremendous amount of experience to, uh, to rely on and you know the great leadership qualities that he, he possesses and you know he's just the ultimate competitor and and when he gets gets going and 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 gets everybody else going the kids kind of feed off of that and you know he's he's just been a, a joy to coach and a joy to be around and you know I'm obviously very proud of him for the success that he has had and and the way he's affected our football team in a positive way and you also have a, a thousand yard rusher in running back samson johnson he's just a sophomore but he's also a threat in the return game had a big kickoff return for a touchdown against Tullahoma last week has his emergence allowed you guys to be uh, a little more two-dimensional with what you do on offense yeah i mean i think for us you know obviously you know we want to run the football uh, we want to we want to establish the run and uh, that's that's priority one for us, and then we can do some other things off of that, you know, with Ryder and some other other some of the other weapons that we have. But Samson has, you know, 
been a, a really big part of our offense and, and being able to run the football and uh, you know he's just a tremendous talent and really I refer to him as a natural runner he just his vision is so good and he, he sees things open up before they do and um, you know our offensive line you know I, I couldn't just talk about Samson without talking about them they, they've done a great job of opening up holes for for him to run through but you know to have him you know back this year last year's a freshman you know we kind of eased him in there and he kind of split carries but this year he's he's definitely become our feature back and and uh, he's, he's had a great year for us. So extremely proud of Samson, uh, extremely proud of, the, of our offensive line for, for opening up holes for him. And I think Samson would be would be the first to tell you that he appreciates those guys as well. And you mentioned the team defense earlier. Those guys are allowing just 15 points per game here in the playoffs. Seniors Grant Reeder and Braden Rose have been a big part of that, along with some plenty of other guys. What is your defense doing that's working so well right now? I think we're just understanding – how to play team defense uh you know at the beginning of the year and as i mentioned you know coming off of you know the, the off season or, or lack thereof that we had we didn't have a lot of time we didn't have any spring ball we didn't have any scrimmages and we only returned three starters over there so we knew that you know there was going to be some growing pains and there was going to be some inexperienced players uh that were going to have to have to get some live game reps uh before they could really get their feet underneath them so that being said i thought we had uh some talented pieces i thought we had some kids that would that could step up and we could be a, a good defense for whatever reason. It just took us maybe a little longer than I would like to, to get there. But I think, you know, number one, the kids are understanding what their job is and how that, how to do their job. And then the biggest thing is I think they're understanding how everything kind of fits together. So, you know, I got to do my job because X, Y, and Z fits here, you know, so that's been a big part of it. And then they're just playing extremely hard, man. And they've just, for whatever reason, our entire football team, something's clicked over the last four or five weeks. And they just don't don't want to stop playing together. So, you know, our bunch is a is a, is a group of fighters, and they're going to give us everything they got as far from an effort standpoint. And um, I think for us on defense, you know, understanding the execution aspect of it combined with the relentless effort that they play with is really maybe what put us over the top in recent weeks. It's certainly the right time of, right time of the year for everything to be coming together like that. But that defense is going to be facing a, a very tough challenge this Friday when Elizabethton comes to town. Not only one, but two Mr. Football finalists in uh, Bryson Rollins and Troy Parker-Hughes. You got a chance to see them last year in the semifinals. What's it going to take to try to contain those guys? Uh, you're going to have to out-execute them, man, um, in all three phases. They, they do a great job of, of executing their schemes on offense and defense and special teams. Uh, they're very well coached. And then, uh, obviously, as you mentioned, they have some phenomenal players. So uh, we're going to have to play well to win. You know, We're going to have to execute at a high level on offense and defense and in the kicking game. And, uh, and you're gonna have, we're gonna have to earn it, and that's you know when, when you're in the semifinals, you, that, that's the way it's gonna be. You're gonna have to play well. You're gonna have to go out there and, and earn everything for 48 minutes, and that's what we're trying to do. You know, we're just trying to play 48 minutes and play the best we can to earn 48 more, and that's kind of been what our our mantra has been all playoffs, just 48 for 48. But we'll definitely have to have to play at a high level uh, against a really good Elizabeth team on Friday. And I alluded to this a moment ago, but you guys lost to Elizabethton in last year's semifinals, and they went on to win the Class 4A title. I'm sure your team is excited to be playing this week in the semifinals regardless of the opponent, but is there an added motivation, being that it's the team that knocked you guys out last season? I think there is, but I think for our, for our group, you know, this this has been our goal all off season, all leading up um, throughout the season to this point, was we wanted to get back to this game. And, and having that experience last year and, and going up there and and, and getting beat, uh, you know, that as obviously was a, left a bad taste in our mouths. And but you know that experience did a couple things for us. Number one, you know, it, it was it, it it allowed us to understand and see what it feels like, you know, to be 
uh, in that atmosphere in a semifinal game. And, and number two, it, it helped us to believe that we could get there again, if, if that makes any sense, you know? Um, so having that experience to rely on and, and um, getting to do it again and then getting to, to have it at home at our place, um, you know, I just, you know, it's pretty special, man. And, and, um, you know, I'm just excited for our kids. I'm excited uh, for our community and our school and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens on Friday night. Yeah, speaking of the home game, you guys get to avoid having that four-hour bus trip on Black Friday like you did last year. I mean, how nice is that? Just just the way yeah, the TWSL brackets, they flip every year. So how nice yeah. is that to avoid, you know, that, that long, long trip? Yeah, it was actually five hours and oh, a time wow. change. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're at home and I'm, you know, glad that we don't have to make that trip. We kind of get to go through our normal routine uh, on Friday rather than being on a bus all day, so... Yeah, Tennessee just stretches forever. I'd, five hours—that yeah. that sounds about right. But this is hey, this is only the fourth uh, full varsity football season for Nolansville since the school opened a few years ago. All four seasons have been playoff appearances, and now two of them are se- semifinal appearances. Um, having that much success that quickly—do uh, you think that bodes well for the future of this program? I hope it does. You know, um, I think uh, I just think that we got number one. We got. Uh, good kids uh, coach good kids and you know we got good support from you know administration and, and the community um and then you know when when you have some success and you know it kind of starts to help create that winning culture that, that that you want as a coach um so yeah well, those first couple years we made it to the second round and you know it's kind of been our goal each year to to take the next step and advance to the next round and we, t- we took a big step last year going to the semis and then now here we are again so anytime you can can have that consistent winning and that that consistent success within your programs i think i think it just gives your kids confidence and it just like i said helps uh, cultivate that that winning culture that that um that you want and, and you know we're, we've obviously you know set some standards and now it's up to, to us to you know meet those standards year in and year out and you know that's what you want when you're trying to build a program and yeah we're we're a young program but you know be going into year five next year hopefully we can continue to grow and continue to have have some success but you know um as for right now man i'm just in, trying to enjoy this this group right here and, and enjoy this opportunity on friday to compete uh for an opportunity to to if we win go go play for a state championship well coach you guys have certainly earned that opportunity with a great season this year and thanks again for your time today and, and good luck this friday against elizabethton yeah i appreciate it thanks for uh thanks for the phone call and thanks for having me on All right, that's been Nolansville coach Paul Derrick. We really appreciate him joining the show today. It's time to make predictions for this Friday's semifinal games. All right, look, I went 6-4 last week. It was a forgettable week. There were a couple of upsets. But that's just kind of how it is when you get to late November. All these teams are good. There aren't any pushovers left in the playoff bracket. So 9-1 the week before, 6-4 last week. You know, I'll take that. That averages out to about where I've been all season, around 70-75%. So let's keep that going with these games this week. First up is our game of the week. Of course, it's Maryville at Oakland. What other game could possibly be the game of the week? No disrespect to the other teams, but this matchup has become a classic every year. This is now the seventh straight meeting between these two teams in the semifinals with a trip to Cookville on the line. The Rebels have won three of those battles, including a 12-0 victory last year. And Maryville went on to win the 6A title over Ravenwood. So they're looking to defend that crown. But Oakland improved this offseason. They added transfers Isaiah Horton from Innsworth, Jordan James from Brentwood Academy. And that duo has been phenomenal. 
They have combined for nearly 2,000 yards and 22 touchdowns to help the Patriots' explosive offense average 41 points a game and 370 yards a game, and that goes along with a talented defense as well. Meanwhile, Maryville survived a 35-28 scare from Dobbins Bennett last week. However, the Rebels have been flawless otherwise, so it's really hard to say what's going to happen here. I think this series is going to continue to flip-flop as it has the last five years, back and forth, back and forth. So I'm going Oakland 28, Maryville 21. Next up is Summit at Henry County. If you like offense, this game is probably for you. Both of these teams score quite a bit of points, and I think that's going to continue on Friday as well. Summit puts up nearly 400 yards and 34 points a game, while Henry County averages about 375 yards and 44 points a game. Summit has dual-threat quarterback Destin Wade, a Class 5A Mr. Football finalist. We've talked about him on this podcast all season long. He leads the Spartans with 2,200 yards and 31 total touchdowns. His ability to extend and make plays with his legs is a big reason why Summit only lost one game this year, even without Keaton Wade, Destin's twin brother who plays running back and linebacker, although Keaton could be back in time for this game. We'll have to see how that plays out. Ryan Damron is Henry County's answer for Wade. The sophomore has been highly effective through the air. He's thrown for 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns with just two interceptions, and he's got a tailback in senior Jamarcus Johnson who has rushed for 1,600 yards and 25 touchdowns. So the Patriots really know how to get the job done on offense. They, their strength of schedule hasn't been quite as good as Summit's strength of schedule. Um, and I think if the Spartans can get a few stops in this game, that'll make the difference. So I'm going Summit 35, Henry County 21. Then we've got Elizabethton at Nolansville, the game we talked about with Coach Paul Derrick. This is where I'll be on Friday. Elizabeth's encore performance after its 15-0 season has been just as good. They are 13-0 this year, looking to defend that Class 4A title. And like, like we mentioned with Coach Derek, they've got those two Mr. Football finalists, Bryson Rollins, a quarterback, and Troy Parker Hughes, his favorite receiver. Rollins has nearly 3,000 yards of total offense and 46 total touchdowns. You heard that right, 46. 1,200 of his passing yards have gone to Hughes and so have 18 touchdown passes. But Nolansville has already slayed one giant in the playoffs. They knocked out Tullahoma by one point, fifteen to fourteen in last week's quarterfinals, and their quarterback, like we talked about with Coach Derek, is Long Island commitment writer Gallardi, who threw a touchdown pass to Chance Fitzgerald last week for one of the two touchdowns the Knights had. The other was a ninety-nine yard kickoff return by Samson Johnson. Can the Knights do this again? Man, it sure would be sweet, especially after Nolansville eliminated them last year. But I just don't think that's something you can expect against the Class 4A favorite. So I'm going Elizabethton 28, Nolansville 14. Staying with a Williamson County team here, Brentwood at Bartlett. They do have to make the trip to Memphis after three home games. And one of those home games was last week. It was an emotional one. Brentwood won the game 55-34 over Franklin. But it came in the wake of Miss Pat Crawford's death. Um, That's the mother of head coach Ron Crawford. We'd like to extend our condolences and thoughts and prayers to the Crawford family during this tough time. They had a uh, touching pregame ceremony that included a moment of silence and a balloon, balloon re- release before that game. And, you know, something is just special about this team. They really know how to fight through adversity. Their quarterback, Kate Granzow, has got 11 touchdowns already in the playoffs, even though he only played really two games because he went out with a knee injury in that first game against Canridge. But he bounced back from that knee injury to lead Brentwood over Independence and Franklin. And he really holds the keys to that Brentwood offense. Meanwhile, Bartlett's only loss this season was to CPA on September 3rd. And since then, they've reeled off 10 straight wins. Senior running back Robert Giamo has 1,200 rushing yards and 22 touchdowns. He's been a big reason why they've been successful because the Panthers really don't pass the ball a whole lot. They've only got 921 passing yards, 5 touchdowns, and 
eight interceptions. So if there's something for, for Brentwood to take advantage of here, it would be to try to slow down that run game and force Bartlett to pass and see what happens. I do think the winner of this game is going to have a hard time beating Maryville or Oakland for that Class 6A championship, but Brentwood and their two-dimensional offense, I think, would have a slightly better chance of pulling that upset. And I think that's who gets the win here. I'm going Brentwood 42, Bartlett 35. And then we've got Pearl Cone at Milan, another long trip for a Middle Tennessee team. But Pearl Cone's had a great year. They're 8-0 after starting the season in week six, along with all the other Metro Nashville teams. They've really made the most of their opportunity. In fact, they didn't allow any points from October 2nd until last week when Stewart County was able to put up 20 in a 56-20 Pearl Cone win. But nitpicking aside, Pearl Cone still got that win in a, in a big way, and the Firebirds need just one more to get back to the Class 3A title game, where they lost 27-0 to Alcoa last year. A rematch with the Tornado seems pretty likely that Alcoa can get to that game as well. They're still alive in the Final Four. And if Pearl Cone can get past Milan, then boom, you've got that rematch, and you've, the Firebirds have a chance to, to try to get past that powerhouse Alcoa, who's won the last five Class 3A titles. I think if Pearl Cone quarterback Martino Owens can continue to build on his great season, he's got 26 touchdown passes and just one interception, an incredible touchdown to interception ratio. If he can continue to find his receivers like Barry on Brown, Kendrick Breedlove, John Roberts, all those guys have six touchdowns. I think the Firebirds will be okay in this one and they will pull it out 32-27. Now to wrap it up, I have a couple more picks here of some games uh, that are mostly out of the area. Meg's County over Trousdale, Peabody over Waverly, and Fayetteville over Lake County. Those are the teams that I see making it to Cookville to join CPA, Davidson Academy, and Lipscomb Academy as the Mid-State representatives at the state championships. And we're looking forward to those games, but we're looking forward to Friday as well. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Stay tuned to MainStreetPreps.com for full coverage of the semifinals. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at MainStreetPreps. We'll see you next week.